Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, that's right. I am Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News, and we are back with another exciting episode. First of all, I just want to say thank you. You guys are so awesome. You're spreading so much goodness out there in the world. This is a movement to share good news, and we are growing every single week with a brand new episode each week. Today, we're here for podcast number 34. We have such an awesome guest. I can't wait for you guys to meet her. She's going to surely inspire all of us. She inspires me every single day, and she's also going to get all of our creative and entrepreneurial juices flowing. She's the founder of not just one, but two eco-friendly brands. First, the eco-fashion brand called Beau Soleil, and second, Sucks Straws. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the straws. Those are the reusable and stainless straws that everyone is loving so that we can all ditch the plastic once and for all. Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Ann Epstein. Hi, Ann. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. It's How so are exciting. You? I'm good. Have you ever done a podcast before? Nope. You're oh popping my, my cherry this right is now. so fun. You're like a newbie. I love it. <laughs> so excited. Good. Well, I know you so well, but tell tell us all a little bit about your background and what you're up to these days. Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I started recently Suck Straws, which is a reusable telescoping straw company. And I also am a f- sustainable fashion designer. Had the brand f- since 2005. It was really cutting edge at that point to be eco-friendly, and there was a huge learning curve within the industry. And I grew up in Connecticut. In, che- uh, in Cheshire, right? Yeah. Yep, because I'm Sh- from Hamden. I yeah. always I remember that. I love that. Yeah, I grew up in Cheshire, and my parents brought me up in a lifestyle where it was sustainable. We never talked about that word or what it meant, but we composted, you know, we didn't use paper towels. Um, that's we, incredible. We like no one did that then, right? Your, your mom and dad must have known more than yeah, the rest of us did, right? They were definitely into more minimal living, which is so trendy. Yeah. You know, but you were doing years. it. Yeah, absolutely. And growing up with my mom, like she was a superwoman, like, and that's where one of the teas came from is as a child, she would make a lot of my clothing. And I always was like, Ugh, like with I, her sewing machine. Yeah. Okay. She would take me to Calico. I'd pick out a fabric and a pattern and then we'd go home and magically over the course of a few hours, she would make me a dress or a top. And oh my just gosh, was I love that. Unbelievable. Yeah. So she was a big inspiration for you with this fashion brand. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even realize it at the time because I looked at making your own clothing as like as if we were poor, but she loved to do it. And I just didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So my passion really as a child was around sports and being part of a team. And so that's why you're that's why, by the way, just a little side note, that's how Anna and I know each other from the gym. Yeah. So yeah. So how has fitness sort of played a role for you and made an impact in your life? You think? <sighs> Goodness, it is. Oh, it's totally a mental therapy for me. Um, it takes me to places that I can't go on a normal basis. I can separate like my brain mentally from my body in order to like push myself. It's like a mental, mental strength 
that I have. And I think it's applies in my life. It's like a life skill mm-hmm. can kind of separate things. It feels like more evolved for me, like more evolved of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, fitness is part of my everyday. I love that. Um, and I by can- the way, I love that people actually ask you all the time if you're a trainer. <laughs> I know it's embarrassing. I mean, no, it's, I it's love that. You're like, and- no, I'm actually an entrepreneur, <laughs> but I play a trainer on TV. Yeah, I do aspire to like be a Nike spokesperson at one point, hopefully in the next couple of years. We'll oh my see. God. It's good to have goals and <laughs> absolutely. Okay, good. I love that. Okay. So you got interested in fashion because of your mom. Correct. I mean, I didn't. So then where did your fashion journey mm -hmm, go from there? Absolutely. So um, jumping into kind of the middle of my career, I started a job at MTV.com. I was a web producer and I was in charge of all of the tentpole events, which are like all the big ones that people know, like real world, like real world, road rules, house of style and fashionably loud. And as I started Digging into like creating original content, I started covering the New York Fashion Show Week and I would go to Fashionably Loud and I'd have like a video crew and we'd interview like models or just creating original content and, you know, seeing the clothing and seeing how the whole thing worked. It was very like sexy. And I I got really interested in it and decided to go to school at night at FIT in the city. Fashion Institute. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. You did that at night? Yeah. So I worked at MTV during the day. um, And then I went to school at night. And then I also did an internship. I'm like, oh, did you? I like, how did you (laughs) fit all that in? It's like still, that's the way you are now too. You're like doing so much. I was fitness modeling on the side so I could make like a little extra money. And I'd bartend on the weekends. I had like five jobs. I love that. It was, it was amazing. Um, so, you know, I, I, my entree really into fashion and fitness was all at MTV. I worked on the same floor as the video production guys and they were like, you're in shape. Do you want to be in our video? And so I did, a, I did MTV's uh, advanced workout video. Oh my gosh. I love in that. In Malibu, California. It was amazing. Um, and then subsequently I did do a few like on air things and I tried out to be a host of a couple of the shows, didn't really cut it, but um, incredible experience. Oh, that's really, so cool. I really flourished there. Yeah. Amazing. So you started Beausoleil in 2005. Correct. I started it right after leaving. Um, I left Marc Jacobs and I freelanced for a little bit at a, a company called Easley, who they're incredible. They're just so talented. They now have a, another brand called um, Nels Nelson. Um, but after I left them, I decided, you know, my goal with working in fashion was to take different jobs so that I understood every role because how my mind work works is I need to understand like who is doing what and how do they get it done. So when I was at Marc Jacobs, I did handbag and jewelry development. So working with like Italy and China and taking like the designs and the specs and really, you know, making it into like making it into fruition. Um, it was an incredible process. And also at Easley, I did a children's clothing line for them. I sold it. I, I helped design it. I did it everything from, you know, beginning to end. Um, and with the goal being that I would like to have my own brand. So I started in 2005 and really I had just gotten married and I knew I was going to get pregnant and something about, you know, prepping your body. 
I started being like healthier and I started getting into like organics and like you mean more, eating organic food yeah, and all that as yep. well as like just using like organic products like yep. dishwashing detergent yep. and, and uh, laundry detergent and it dawned on me that wow we should be doing like clothing and so I started doing the research and because yeah, probably back then there wasn't a lot of that eco-friendly clothing, right? There wasn't. And what was interesting is, you know, everything, the textiles were really being developed. So, you know, from eucalyptus tree or bamboo. And there was a lot of controversy. It's like how eco were the pre- like the products, the textiles. And really at the end of the day, nothing is 100% organic. Nothing's 100% eco. Right. Um, so kind of getting that message out and educating consumers, mm-hmm. one, about what eco-friendly clothing, clothing meant and... Why it's important. Yeah, why right. would it matter to them? Um, you know, it was, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the cost in making these types of clothing was much more than, you know, making the clothing through the gap. Right, right. So it was challenging. It was, but it was an incredible process, and I I was lucky. I spent two years doing research and development. Um, I went to China. I actually used a two factories there that were had certification, so they were fair trade, fair labor. Um, they provided every like certificate certificate I needed for you know the organics or the bamboo or all of those. So I had all the paperwork. It was I was entirely transparent about the process. Um, and it was, you know, it was interesting to figure out the whole process right. on my own. Right. So. so you launch it in 2005, you leave your other jobs behind. Correct. And at this point, had you had a baby already? I had Gray in 2006. Okay. So you start so. the company first, then yes. you have a baby. That's yep. a lot <laughs> uh-huh. in like one year. Absolutely. And it was a wholesale business, which, you know, that is So like what did my you start team. with? Like what was your first product I did I did about eight dresses oh eight dresses Mm -hmm. okay and And they were all eco-friendly they were organic cotton and bamboo oh my gosh and where were they made they were made in China okay at these two factories and um you know I I hit the ground running like I was picked up by Saks Fifth Avenue by Shopbop by Intermix I mean it was explosive it was so because like, no one else was really doing this eco-friendly. Correct. Yeah. And I tried to get into the space where it was a contemporary market uh-huh. so that I was sitting alongside like a Splendid or an Ella Moss, which was really popular at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, it still is. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So <clears throat> that whole process of wholesaling and figuring out who the buyers are and going and pitching, I mean, it was I was like a one-person show doing right. this whole thing. So and was that sort of your biggest challenge was trying to tell that story of trying to have everyone understand why this was important. Absolutely. Yeah. Telling the story over and over and over and, you know, having naysayers saying like, oh, this is trendy. We're not going to like buy into it. And when you Um, heard no like that and they said, no, we're not interested, did that just motivate you more to keep going or did that discourage you? I think both. Um, I think, you know, once I landed the big account, which probably took me like six, six months, it was that validation, like, wow, this could really happen. And that was really Saks Fifth Avenue that drove my volume. And 
you know, I would go to the stores and I would have the education sessions. You know, you buy like all of the the muffins and the drinks and you educate the salespeople. You want them to push About your- eco-friendly. Yeah. Okay. You want so them to be Give able to- us like that little pitch. Like if someone's listening now and they're trying to understand why is it important? What sort of impact is this eco-friendly on the clothing business? Like why should we think about this? Why does it matter? Absolutely. Because- um, when you're not operating in an eco-friendly way, uh, the dyes that you're using are polluting the earth, and especially if like they're not being disposed of properly. So on top of it being like chemical and then going directly into the oceans or into the earth, and then we're like growing vegetables. Like it's extremely toxic. Um, the amount of water that it takes to actually process different materials in order to get it into like a cotton or a a polyester that's extremely taxing on the environment as well so you know just understanding that you know I was using vegetable dyes mm-hmm. and I was using water-based inks instead of plastisols mm-hmm. um, that makes a massive difference in the whole production of clothing I love that and is yeah. that why eco-friendly fashion is a little bit more expensive, correct? Because we t- you're taking the extra, all those extra steps. Yeah, all those precautions. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, and you really have to like you're paying extra for the factories as well. Like right. they have to be certified. They okay. have to have the proper equipment. Like all of that, it okay. matters. Yeah, no, it definitely matters. Yeah. I'm so I, I love all this because yeah. this is how we want to. You know, we're, we've made so many changes in our house. So. You know, and I know you're doing all that too, especially with like laundry detergent. And you just don't think about all this stuff, but it's really important mm-hmm. to take that extra step and think about it and do a little research and get a little more educated in it. So the, I'm so the, glad I'm that jump, you're sharing this. Yeah, I'm jumping in on the, the household tip. So I've been using baking soda instead of laundry detergent. And how is that working? It's great. Okay, I love it's that. It's great. I mean, yeah. I actually prefer like no scent on my clothing. Yeah. But it actually takes out all of the odors and it's a really like clean way to do laundry. You I don't love even that. need detergent. You okay. Just put it right in. Okay. I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'm so excited. All these tips from Anne. Okay, so then so you launch it, you do you get into Saks, you get into Shopop, Intermix. And then what happens next? I know you th- then went on to have two more babies. So you have three <laughs> boys. I, by the way, I don't know how you do three boys. I, Absolutely. All, all hats off to you on that. Absolutely. But I'm sure it's chaos at the Epstein household on any given day, right? But, it's, it's amazing organized chaos. I yes. love it. I thrive off of it. I know. You're such a good boy mom too, by the way. I feel Thanks. like you were born to have these boys. You're, I mean, it's probably because you're so sporty. I they probably so. they probably <laughs> love that their mom is like this sporty spice mom. But so you have two more boys and mm-hmm. then what happens with Beau Soleil? So Beau Soleil took a little bit of a backseat. We moved out to Westport in Connecticut. Two, Westport, correct, Connecticut. Correct. Um, in 2009. Okay. And I worked out of my loft like isolated for about a year. And I got into this funk where I wasn't happy. I had my team that was remote, like my assistant was in Brooklyn, my tech designer was in New York. And you were in Westport. And I was in Westport, so I'd have to basically block off every two months, like five days, everyone would come and stay out at my house with me, and we would literally produce like the whole season in five days. And it became not fun. It became a lot of pressure. It felt forced. It didn't feel creative. Um, It just felt like I was checking a box. Mm -hmm. And... On top of it, I wasn't spending as much time as I wanted with the boys. 
um, the great thing was that my mom was like helping us. She would come like two or three days and I'd have like, you know, a whole bunch of like time to, to myself and to like really be doing like research or just even self care. Yeah. Um, so that was incredible that, that period of time. But so I ended up putting it on hold. Um, and I was relieved and I ended up meeting my, my best friend, my, my other half, um, Anne Greenberg. Anne, who I've met Annie, at Starbucks. Yeah. You guys are so cute. You have like little Starbucks dates. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got her to join the gym with me. So. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to harass her at the gym. I love it. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So, so you meet Anne. Meet Anne. And she's like, I want to do a business with you. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have such like an amazing career path mm-hmm. because I really developed um, technology and fashion and like rolled it all up into one. And is, sustainability in this whole eco-friendly world. I absolutely. love all that. You had all that knowledge too. Absolutely. So we decided we were going to do an app around nails and we were going to curate fashion nails from around the world. So I designed the UX. We hired a, a company out of the city. Um, and we launched this, this app. It's amazing. It still exists, but we actually are, don't, we actually don't participate in it anymore. Okay. But Did you sell it to someone? No, we didn't. Okay. We, we tried to. Okay. I, you know, we've had a lot, like monetarily it was a failure, but there okay. were so many wins within like the well, four years. Well, just the years. fact that you launched an app, is like so, it's so cool, cool, right? Yeah. It's called Society of Lacquer. Okay. Um, it still exists on Instagram. Um, and what's fascinating is like I designed the UX. So I had, I'm like a self-taught graphic designer. I, you know, I do all of my tech packs and illustrator. Um, I know how to like, you know, convert Pantone colors into every, like basically communicating back and forth with the factories on exactly what I want. So Mm -hmm. with this UX design, it ended up being almost identical to Instagram before Instagram was launched. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. You were like the Instagram before the gram. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, you know, it it was like massive validation. And we had gotten this amazing woman on board. Her name's Marion Newman. She's out of London. She's a celebrity of the stars. Like she does like Lady, like I met Lady Gaga with her. Like, hello. I can't even take this woman. She's so incredible. Um, and she's really like the guru of the world of nails. And we got her to be our partner. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Fantastic. And we, Annie and I, we were judges at the Nail Olympics. It's a real thing. <laughs> Is that a thing? In I London. Oh my gosh. So we went to London and we were, you know, we were on the panel and we met Gareth Puth, who's a designer there. And just really, really fascinating. So there were so many wins, but... Right, know, so it, monetarily failure, but so many other wins. Absolutely. And you learned so much. Which, it was part of your journey, obviously, to taking the next... So then you're on to the next thing, which was... So then I'm on to the next thing. Uh, so that's like four years later. Okay. Um, I had like a rough patch personally for, for four years. Like I ended up having back surgery and then my sister was ill, and she had a bunch of surgery, so I took care of her. And then my mom got sick, and she passed away. Um, so life was on hold mm-hmm. for a good four years. Mm-hmm. And so cut to 2018, I was like, I'm going to bring Beausoleil back, and I want to do it in a way that I want to do it now. That works in your life now. Yeah. As and a I mom wanted- of three boys. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be sporty and edgy. And have a story behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's storing now. It's you wake up every day is the story. 
you know, every year is a story. There's right. something that's told. Right. And I love that. so each of my t-shirts, if you go to the, if you go to beausoleilshop.com, they each have or a video. Instagram or Instagram, <laughs> they all have a story behind it. So and each t-shirt. Yeah. So, okay. So you want to, la- you're going to relaunch Beausoleil with this. You're going to start with the t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So tell us the story behind the t-shirts, where are they made? Absolutely. I love them. I've shown them on Instagram, of course, because that's a tribute to my dad, who was known as Lover. So all your T-shirts have a story. They have a different little saying on each one. But where are they made? And tell us about how they're eco-friendly and Absolutely. sustainable. Absolutely. So um, I'm working out of Lima, Peru, with an eco-friendly factory. They're fantastic. I've met them through um, contacts from when I worked at Elitari and Theory and Marc Jacobs. They work with a lot of amazing brands. And um, they offered me a bunch of different organic options. And I, cho- I chose organic Pima cotton. And they Pima, actually... Pima, P-I-M-A? Correct. Okay. Um, and it basically means that it was, it was combed through more, so there's like less impurities within it. Okay. I mean, and they are the softest T-shirt I've ever put ever. on. Ever, yeah. yeah. And so, and they worked with me on like the different gauges because I knew I wanted something that was like light and soft and, you know, and sheer-ish. Um, and then we're using the water-based uh, inks and which it's interesting because they they break down more easily over time. So if you use like a plastisol, that's like really, really rubbery and it doesn't break down. So this t-shirt almost like over time will become biodegradable. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then we, all of our packaging is either recycled paper for like the hang tags and the, um, the plastic bags that come in it are they're biodegradable as well. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so, and how many sayings? They're all inspirational, so they're, by the way, which absolutely. I love because that's so you. Mm-hmm. But so how many options are there available now? There's six. I have about 200. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of course and you do. Already designed and like ready to go. But you um, started with the six. With the six. Okay. I did, you know, I, again, I want to do it in the way I wanted to. I wanted to do just the the minimal that I needed to, to kind of test the market. I know where I want the brand to go. Um, and I'm currently have other things in development but um so yeah I have six sayings one um which I'm wearing is my favorite which is you're effing with a winner um love that (laughs) and it really means I mean it's the the level at which you operate on a daily basis I mean my standards are so high if I'm doing something I'm doing it to the absolute fullest yeah you are like kicking ass every day (laughs) that is the Anne Epstein way I love it yeah absolutely and then you're wearing lover which actually is is my heart it's you know the the love that you see in everything every day um there is steady daydreaming which I think is the most genius phrase I've ever heard um it just takes you back to like every moment that like filled your heart or gave you like butterflies in your stomach it's you know it is what you want it to be all of your first like your first love um Let's see, we also have ruined, which a lot of people think that it's negative, and I actually feel like it's positive. Okay, why? Um, the best example I can give is like when you've had the most amazing experience at something, and it's just ruined everything else for you for for that okay. particular yep. moment, you know? Yep. It's like if you found like the love of your life, like everything else is ruined. Yes. It's like, but it's a positive. Yep. Um, but that t-shirt also, wor- like... All, all of the stories are like intertwined and are meaningful because of different people in mm-hmm. my life. And Ruined is also about the death of my mom. Yes. Which is 
extremely stressful for me. Um, and then we also have, let's see what else I have sexy trouble. Oh, watch out. <laughs> That's also you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a good one because it's about your, your inner beauty. It's about, you know, everybody gets their, their sexy on. Yeah. You know, everybody gets into like a little trouble, whether like you're going out with your girls or, right. like or you're, you're flirting or being or sassy yeah. with yeah. whatever it's, there's definitely like a, a fun element there. And then I have um, Superwoman. Oh, yeah. I love the Superwoman one. I keep saying that's that should be my next one. I love Superwoman. Yeah, Superwoman. And that is so you also. Oh, my gosh. That's you times like a million. It's really my mom because oh. I get a lot of her qualities. Right. Well, um, she's such an inspiration for you, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who can just do anything. Wow. I know. I'm sure she's so proud of you. So just yeah. remember that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So fun. And then what else do I have? Um, I have one more. I'm drawing a blank. Hmm. Well, we'll think. We'll, we'll, think, yeah, we'll back. think about it. We'll think back. So what was the biggest challenge in relaunching Beau Soleil with the t-shirts? I'm sure there was many, but what was the biggest one? And then how did you tackle it? Really limiting what I was making. It's, it's like really hard to launch a brand if you have a t-shirt. So really stores would not why? Because people were like, oh, you only have one thing? Yeah. And they were sort of doubting it a little bit? Not necessarily doubting it, but like if I wanted to go wholesale instead mm-hmm. of direct to, cons- direct to consumer, which that is my strategy right now, um, wholesale, like stores are really looking for a story to be told mm-hmm. within a brand. So, which is Beau all Soleil. About, all about story. Telling that story. Absolutely. So that's, that is challenging right now because the development process to get different styles going and then actually get them approved when you're working internationally, there's that, there's that chunk of time that goes by and you feel like, wow, like, what am I doing? Why Mm -hmm. can't I hurry this along? So how Um, are you overcoming that challenge? It's a good question. And I figured it out. So I found a local seamstress out of Darianne. Darianne, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. A local seamstress. How did you find her? Through a friend of a friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, and two other girls who use them are, are like super fashiony and they like they'll take like their Prada or their, you know, Margiela and they'll get them reworked by this woman. So I'm having her make an initial sample and then I'm sending that to Peru. Okay. For them to make it. Correct. Okay. In the factory in Correct. Lima, Peru. Okay. Correct. Oh, I love that. And really And that's gonna be your next product that you're gonna There's gonna sell. be five new styles. Okay. Um not t shirts, something else. They're actually t-shirt materials. Oh. Always. Okay. Not not necessarily the same, for the whole the brand. The same but cotton the, that's so soft. There's it'll be the same cotton, but different weights. Okay. So this is this is like a 40 gram. Mm-hmm. It'll be heavier. Okay. Um so oh, I it's will, gonna be skirts or something, it's right? It's gonna be a, a long skirt. Long Each skirt. skirt is gonna tell a story. <gasps> I love that. Okay. Symbols, colors. Oh my gosh, like it's, that's so yeah, cool. It's, it's a really interesting okay, concept. So she's making the samples. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I'm gonna do a short skirt, a dress, um, a tank top. Oh, love that idea. Yep. A couple of so things. We can sport those at the gym. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just a side note, my wedding dress was actually made out of all t-shirt material. Oh. So down the line, that's going to be like my Another home run. Thing. Yes. Home I run. love that idea. T-shirt wedding dresses. Yeah, eco-friendly, eco-fashion. Amazing. Anna Epstein. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Okay, so Beau Soleil, though, is now, the t-shirts are only available on your website. You know, I just, I have such a nice relationship with West to Westport, with Laura and with Kit. 
Okay. Shapiro. I don't know. Um, is that a store in Westport that I should know about? Yeah, okay. West. It's right across from Jessa Paul. Okay. One of our yeah, favorite I love restaurants. That restaurant. Okay. I did the logo with Bill. Oh, you did? Yeah, I designed Aww. the logo. Um, so yeah, they are carrying three of this three of the t-shirts. Okay. So they're um, carrying three, and mm-hmm. then the rest are all available online. Correct. Okay. And Group. you ship to I anywhere. Ship. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, for me, you just delivered it to my to me at the gym when I was on the treadmill, but not everyone has that luxury of like a hand delivery from Anne, from the CEO girl boss. But I love that. You were like, oh, I have your t-shirt. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay. So that's, that's sort of how you're starting. And then you sort of, we'll see where it mm-hmm. goes from there with the, with the dresses and the skirts. I yes. can't wait to hear more about all that. Yeah. Okay. So then how, then now let's sort of segue into the second business that you decided to, f- to be the founder of mm-hmm. with your friend, Anne mm-hmm. and Ronit Tarshis. Okay. Who Two I don't know. of the, like the most like genius women. They're so smart. Um, we each contribute our skill set to the company, which is amazing. So I'm doing like the design and the branding. This is suck straws. This is suck straws. Okay. This is your other baby. Oh my gosh. You have so many children. I can't keep track. Okay. So suck straws. Um, it's our first product. And so the three of you sort of decided you're, you've relaunched Beausoleil and they come to you and say, let's do this too. And you're like, Oh wait, but I just started this other. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. We, we all agreed. We each have other businesses. So everyone has two, everyone has two businesses. So we each agreed that this would be less than half of the amount of time that we would put in to our other businesses. So I said, as long as that's the case, I can definitely do this. So, um, and it's so fun working with them. Oh, I love it. It's okay. Just... Well, so tell us more about the straws and why so the... is this whole like straw thing so such a big thing now? Absolutely. Other, so... you know, let's talk about the turtles too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so really plastic straws, you know, people do recycle them. But what happens is that at the recycling centers, they actually fall through the, the holes and they end up in the landfill. And then that ends up basically like bleeding over into the ocean and the sea life are thinking like these are things to eat or they get stuck in like crevices um and it's not just straws it's plastic bags Mm -hmm. it's you know anything that's non-biodegradable um so we we decided that we wanted to create a straw that was different than what everyone was doing. Like everyone's doing just kind of the metal straw. We yeah, those are the ones that, more... that I've always used. Yeah. I get them from Norwex, but they're just plain straw. That's mm-hmm. just straight stainless. That's yeah. it. Which is great for your home. And it's great, you know, when you have guests over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we want to do something where you could travel with it. Mm-hmm. So when you're on a plane or you're, you know, you're going out to a restaurant. You know, it's also like there's an element that's cool, like you're doing something cool for the planet. So we developed a, telesco- a telescoping straw, and it has up to three different lengths or multiple lengths, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can have it either in a cocktail or you can have it in like a tall ace coffee. Um, and there's a silicone tip that comes in different colors, um, and it comes in a super luxurious case. And they, they, they do look really cool, <laughs> very you. chic and high end. And a little brush also to clean it. Um, and everything goes into the Which dishwasher. Which is huge, by the way, because my straws that I have, I'm always like, I don't really know if I'm really cleaning them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. kind of grosses me out. Yeah. So I love that you have a lo- the little brushes in it. Yep. So the brush comes with it. And you basically just throw it in the dishwasher. It's stainless steel. It's food and beverage grade. And I don't know. 
It's a must have. Yeah, it's so great. And I, how much do they sell for and where can people buy them? So right now they're selling for uh, re- suggested retail is $20. It's being sold at Bungalow Decor in Westport, Connecticut. It's sold at Granola Bars, multiple locations. We love the Granola Bar. Love the Granola Bar. Um, I saw them there at the front at the cash register the other day. I was like, yes, Anne, <laughs> this is so great. It's so great. Um, and then we're and actually then online, right? You online. Can, you, absolutely. Right. I mean, and there's a bunch of other little stores, but really what we're doing is um, working with corporations to educate their employees. So we're doing, you know, encouraging like corporate gifting or even to be sold at in corporate cafeterias. So that's been, you know, we have a few clients that we're starting to work with, which that's a great idea. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Um, and what about trying to educate the schools? I feel like the schools need to know about this. Absolutely. Right? It's so funny. You mentioned that because my boys all, they were like, can we buy one so we can use it in the lunchroom because they want to drink like their milk with yeah, a straw. Right. Um, absolutely. So we were just recently put in touch with a a food and beverage corporation that services private schools, public schools, private corporations, public corporations, um, colleges and the gentleman, he was VP of this whole company. I mean, it's the, he said it's worldwide. We are the largest employer which is incredible. Wow. So he loves the idea. Okay. And what's incredible is that we offer replacements. So if like you lose the tip or you lose the straw, whatever the case is, you can buy everything individually. And so it's allowing us to be much more flexible with corporations. Yes. Like they may not want the case. Mm -hmm. They may just want to sell the straw at the register. Mm -hmm. So although the case is so chic, the case is key. Yeah. Cause you know, you want to throw it in your bag. Look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you can throw it in your purse and Mm -hmm. then it's not like the straw is getting dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with the corporations, we're actually able to etch their logo on it. So it becomes personalized. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, so the deal with the turtles, right. With straws is Mm -hmm. that it's the, the plastic straws are getting stuck in their nostrils. Correct. Yeah. And they're dying. Really bums me out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen pictures. There's been like some videos that have floated around Mm -hmm. and I've watched and it really makes me so sad. And there's an award winning documentary called straws that you can, we're thinking about possibly hosting. You can actually host an event with the straws. So oh my gosh, please I'm do that. I'm kind of figuring that all yes. out at the moment. Please do that. Absolutely. If you do that, I want to be there. Absolutely. And I'll help you. Absolutely. So I definitely want to do that. Okay. okay. Well, so um, what are some other things other than plastic straws? Like what are other ways that we can all sort of reduce our plastic intake other than, so we, we shouldn't use plastic bags. Correct. I mean, really, really shopping locally where things are not like overly packaged, farmers markets, bringing, bringing your own bag, um, all, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Those are good, good things for all of us to think about because I just think this whole plastic thing and my mom and I were talking about this the other day and she's like, well, you know, growing up, you know, she's like, all we ever did was drink out of glass. Absolutely. And she said, you know, she was telling me about the, you know, we had a milk box and the milkman would come and deliver the milk in glass jars. And she's like, I don't know, along the way we lost our way because people were saying it was, you know, it was this new innovation of inventing plastic, but she's like, but look what happened. People were getting, people have gotten sick. Mm -hmm. it's hurting our environment. And she's like, and have you noticed now people are coming back to just using glass? Yeah. 
And like, what? Ha- why did we do this whole plastic journey to begin with? I'll it tell just you. made things wrong and bad yeah. and made people sick. Yeah. It really was the invention of fast food. It was the invention of like the automobile and then fast food and eating and drinking in your car is really where plastic came from. It's, it, it, it like blows my mind. Yeah. Like what, we definitely lost our way. Mm-hmm. We like lost our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And so glasses, I'm like, just glad glass is making a comeback. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's like 50 years of yeah. like plastic. Right. And the water bottle, I mean, I feel like for Ugh, some, for bottle. some reason, like people feel like there's like this, the status of having like your water come in a plastic bottle. Right. I don't know. You, from my, from my research, it's, if you leave your plastic bottle with water in a car, in the sun, in the heat, it actually is like seeping the chemicals from the plastic right. into the water and it's cancer causing. Right. So why are we all doing this? No. It's like, yeah, stop, stop the <clears throat> insanity. Right? Yeah. That's why I only drink seltzer. <laughs> we love our seltzers. I know we both love those little mini ones from Polar Polar Springs. Pixie lights. I like the uh, unicorn ones. Oh. Blaine and I like the unicorn Me ones. Too. Well, candy. so what's been the biggest challenge so far with the straws and how have you overcome that? Um, let's see. The biggest challenge is... Is it like convincing people it's worth $20? Is it convincing people this is important to begin with? Um, no, I, I don't think either. I think that it's, um, there's a lot of people out there now trying to sell metal straws like all it happened all at once mm-hmm. you know within the past so there's like, just six like months. a lot of it's competition. saturated saturated yeah okay and we're setting ourselves apart by having this like sleek modern basically custom molded mm-hmm. uh case and making it travel and right. making it dis- so that's how you're safe. overcoming that Absolutely. challenge i love that idea yeah. that's really cool i love that that's so good um, okay. Well, so how are you juggling all this? This is kind of like the million dollar question, right? I feel like we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but it does really help, I think, to talk about it. So I ask a lot of my fabulous guests who are moms and working and you're an entrepreneurial mom doing all these amazing things and then juggling your three boys. So what is the, I know you don't have like the magic sauce, but like, how do you balance it all? What's your advice for the rest of us that are like so overwhelmed? And I know we can't be all things to all people every single day and be the perfect mom one day and then also the perfect, you know, entrepreneur in the same moment. But what is what are your thoughts on balance and juggling it all? Well, I love that you use the word balance because self-care is huge for me. It's like if I don't work out that day, it's I got to make it up somewhere, somehow, some way. Um, but I set work hours for myself. I work out of my house or I work out of Annie's house. Um, and I'm strict with myself. I've had to say no on so many occasions over the past like year and a half to friends like who want to go to lunch or have coffee and you know, it was, it was challenging to make them understand like, Hey, I'm actually going to like relaunch a business. And like, that's where my daytime is actually going. Um, so I basically work from 10 30 until 3 30 every day. And then you get your boys. Then the boys roll off the bus. And then how do you turn it off then at 3.30? Because I struggle with that. I, I don't necessarily turn it off. I am always thinking. So the way my brain works is, you know, the physical things that need to get done, I do in those hours that I've set aside. All of the creative things are happening when 
I'm carpooling or I'm cooking dinner or whatever those those few things are that I need to get done. Um, I like to sit and really think about what is that story behind what I'm going to create. Whether, oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm sure just your supportive husband. Oh. Right. Like it the helps most, to have that, right? Yeah. Because you guys are a real team. The most incredible human being. Just supportive, always giving me ideas, never saying no to me. I mean, not once. Oh. Not once. If I want to go on a girl's trip, it's no problem. If I want to start a new business, no problem. Like literally the most amazing. And on top of it, he's a weekend chef. You heard it here first, you guys. Okay, well, so tell us what's next for Anne. Hmm. Um, I kind of already did the spoiler alert with the with the t-shirt capsules. Um, what is next for me? Lots of travel this year. Because you're going to try to get the t-shirts into more stores or... No, actually. The straws in more stores? <laughs> um, possibly both, but really personally. So okay. we're going to South Korea to a small island called Jeju Island. Cool. For a okay. couple of weeks, and we're going to Beijing. We're going to go to the Great Wall. Okay. Is this you and hubby or yep, with the, the boys whole family? Too? Okay. Amazing. Yep. Okay. And then Gray, my oldest, is going to be bar mitzvahed in Israel at the Wall. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow. In August. Okay. Amazing. Um, and then a few other like small little trips okay. that we have planned. So okay. it's going to be a good, there's lots of change coming this year. Okay. So I'll have to like update you. Okay. But good stuff. All great All stuff. All good stuff. All okay. great stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so give us the Instagram accounts for Beausoleil and Suck Straws. Sure. You got to spell the sucks because people might think it's spelled differently. Absolutely. Okay. So Beausoleil is B-E-A-U-S-O-L-E-I-L shop. S-H-O-P. That's on Instagram. This will be in the notes too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then the straws. Suck straws is S-U-X-S-T-R-A-W-S. Okay. Yeah. All right, you guys. We're going to follow both of your brands. I can't wait to follow these this amazing journey that you're on. Thank you. And everyone, the bottom line is we all need to be mindful of the environment and our planet and... We're lucky to be here, and we want to make sure that the next generation has all this goodness that we have on this planet. So make sure you're living an eco-friendly life. And I think, if nothing else, I hope you were inspired from Anne about thinking about the clothes yeah. and how important that yeah, is. Just so making small changes makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, little switches make a big impact. Absolutely. So thank you to my special guest, Anne Epstein. I love you, and I'm so grateful that you came on and that you shared your amazing story and I love wearing this T-shirt. I wear it all the time, and I think of my dad, and it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. So thank you are a lover. Oh, thank so. you so much for having me. And I'll see you at the gym. Uh, yep, every day. Okay, <laughs> can't wait. Okay, well, thanks to Anne for being here, and thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know that I would never be here without all of you supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. My reviewer of the week is Jenny Walsh. Jenny, thanks for writing in. Jenny writes, Nina inspires her listeners to lead a happy, healthy, and creative life. I'm always looking forward to her podcasts. And Jenny, I just want to say thank you so much for that review. You're so kind. And just remember, the mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. Remember, as Anne and I just said, I love Instagram. So find me on Instagram so we can connect there as well. Thank you again for listening and let's keep being awesome.